Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bernie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where a guy with a film degree. And a guy who knows how to work a DVD player. Talk to you about movies. This week on our double fudge episode, our first movie that we see in theaters is the new Vin Diesel family picture called Bloodshot. And then we see the most controversial film of 2019 that was so controversial, it ended up being released on Friday the 13th, The Hunt. Then my spike gets pushed again, this time claiming the coronavirus, but really, can we really trust him? So instead, we hit the time machine and we go back to the devil inside to find out why having two-thirds of a movie that you release is probably a bad idea. All of that and more on this week's episode of Brownie Points. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. This week, like all weeks, as longtime listeners know, Nick and I never jump right into the reviews. And this week... Uh, Nick and I kind of have a big announcement to start off the show uh, with our segment that we call Brownie Bites. Uh, This is the segment where we talk about things that are happening in the news, uh, new trailers that are coming out, uh, things of that nature. But this week, like (laughs) I... (laughs) This week was the best thing to ever happen to Harvey Weinstein. Yes, this week, among other (laughs) things that happened... um, we will start off the segment by telling you that uh, Harvey Weinstein got sentenced to prison. He has been sentenced to 23 years out in Rikers for uh, his misconduct and uh, what was it? Second degree rape? Third degree rape? It wasn't outright first degree, but um, it, uh, it was still rape. Let's put it out there. It was still rape. Yes, the the misconduct that he was convicted of. Uh, has resulted in him spending the next 23 years of his life, if he lives that long, uh, out in Rikers uh, in New York City. So uh, the the pinnacle of the Me Too movement has finally been taken down. Uh, so that's a monumental uh, moment in this the history of Me Too. But on top of that... <laughs> Uh, just kind of, I because I got nothing else to say about that. Like I, um, Harvey obviously did what he did, and everything that's happened in a result because of not just him, but like the result of the movement itself. It's uh, it's been a big deal, and pretty much everybody that's worth taking down has been taken down except for him. So just the kind of catharsis and the deep breath that we can have now because of oh finally harvey is in jail um i don't know i mean you've not been as plugged into me too as i have i feel like necessarily right like have you been following me too that closely no dude every single time you say someone's been me too my first response is oh them too oh (laughs) i thought you were gonna say what dave Chappelle said um, <laughs> I'm what people call a victim blamer. 
every time you've talked about Me Too and said, like, oh, this person got accused, I'm like, oh, seriously? So, yeah, I don't pay attention to it that much. But back, right. back to what so, happened this week. Uh, yeah. Society closed. <laughs> yeah, for, for people who aren't as plugged into our social media, um, obviously, as we are, but... Uh, um, Basically, the coronavirus, the uh, C O, what's the acronym? C O V I D, COVID nineteen. Yeah, COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen uh, has been uh, spreading like wildfire, uh, wildfire, uh, <laughs> and um, every collegiate sport, pretty much, and every professional sport has uh, ceased operations. Uh, the Big Ten, the SEC, and March Madness, uh, amongst it's many other colleges. Like NASCAR today's, and I think announced that they were canceling races. Like everything is canceled. Yeah, or like I was saying, all, delayed. It's every collegiate basketball. Every collegiate basketball tournament has canceled. Uh, the Masters in golf canceled. Uh, the XFL has shut down. MLB, NHL. MLS and all subsidiary soccer tournaments, and it's a matter of time until the NFL finally decides. Okay, we gotta stop. Like uh, the NFL the, hasn't done anything yet, but it's about to. Like, don't come to your uh, to your offices. Just stay home. Yeah, they've been. Uh, according to Bleacher Report, uh, organizations have been telling their scouts and coaches to stay at home. But uh, it's only a matter of time until that falls. But uh, outside of that, like. Uh, there's rumors that Cans is going to be canceled. Coachella, E3, uh, South by Southwest. E3 is canceled. Uh, wait, what is canceled? E3 is canceled. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, no. Canceled. I'm saying, yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of conflating uh, rumored versus canceled. Like, uh, Cans might be canceled. E3 is canceled. Uh, Coachella is canceled. South by Southwest is canceled. Uh, all of Broadway in Manhattan is shutting down. Every single theater in Midtown is canceled or uh, shutting down temporarily. Uh, just everything is going on um, right now. Just everybody is taking their own version of precautions to help spread the the uh, the CVO, the COVID virus and. Um, we are doing our part as well, folks. Um, we announced it formally on uh, Instagram and Facebook, but uh, we haven't put it in audio form yet. But we have decided that uh, following this week's review of The Hunt, which you will hear after this segment, uh, we're not going to the theaters anymore. Um, outside of the fact that titles are canceling left and right. like um, It's... Part part of the decision really is the fact it's impossible to keep up with what actually is going to be releasing because everything is being moved and delayed and sent to other weeks. It's just you can't keep track of what's coming anymore. Like, well, frankly, it's, it's I'm, not I'm, even... I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Not the hunt because I was like, man, they went through they went through hell to get this movie to come out. It's literally going to take theater chains just outright closing for them to not have the movie. But I was kind of amazed. Um, that the Vin Diesel movie didn't get delayed, and then there was one that we were supposed to see this week that got delayed after we announced we were seeing it this week. Oh, uh, My Spy, yeah. Yeah. No, we... 
again, yeah, like you were saying, outside of the fact that virtually everything is being canceled and delayed during the summer, um, it's just you've brought it up to me more than anything about like the health. Just like, uh, dude, we probably shouldn't be going out in public that much. And well, I was the hesitant so, one. I was the hesitant one saying, oh, well, maybe we can hold out. Maybe we can hold out. And so that in combination with, okay, that's canceled, that's canceled, that's canceled. We have like four weeks in a row where we just can't go to the theaters. So yeah, like, so when um, everything was getting canceled was uh Thursday, like Wednesday night and Thursday was kind of the craziest where for Indiana, everything just shut down. Um, that was when the NBA player tested positive for coronavirus. They're now reporting that a fan he signed an autograph for is testing positive for coronavirus. Um, but the, like, that's when everything was closing. And I remember tech and like that day, I think three to four movie titles got delayed within the morning. And yeah, and like Peter Rabbit, No talking, Time. What I was, I was saying, I was saying Peter Rabbit, No Time to Die, and then since then, uh, obviously Quiet Place, uh, all the Disney titles, Mulan, and uh, New Mutants and Antlers. Um, yeah. I mean, you name it. If it was coming out in the next two months, the studio pulled it. Yeah. So. We were texting about, like, everything that was getting closed and getting delayed, and I, I finally just asked the question. I was like, dude, is it even worth going at this rate? And uh, we – I don't know about you. I was honestly sitting there watching my phone waiting for an email from AMC saying they were closing theaters. And they've announced today that they're not closing their theaters, to put an asterisk next to that because it really means yet at this rate because everything's changing within an hour. Um What's so, the point of st- what's the point of staying open when you have nothing to showcase because nobody well, is also, releasing also anything? They're, they're like we're reducing theater capacity by fifty percent. I was like, just close. Like, I, I, you don't have to do anything to reduce your capacity by fifty percent. You yeah. not being allowed to show anything because all your uh, clients aren't giving you anything is going to do that by itself. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but. So then uh, Thursday night, uh, I, w- I got home from work, and our governor uh, made a bunch of, uh, like, decrees and, uh, like, here's what we're doing to help prevent it. And he basically – the school systems for Indianapolis just closed. Like, every school closed that was a public school. Um, and then – uh, like it, it was basically all the stuff that they're taking to prevent coronavirus. And they're like, limit your exposure to being in the public. Really don't go out in public unless you need to don't go in large crowds. Um, and then an hour and a half later, I'm sitting in a movie theater and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I had a hard time focusing cause I just kept thinking, I was like, I really feel like I shouldn't be here right now. Like, I- <laughs> yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. It's the show. It really does not feel that important. I probably should have just stayed home. Yeah, I uh, when I was at the hunt, and I mean, I kind of talk about it a little in the review itself. I, I, I told my parents before I saw it that this was the last movie that we were going to see, like that we that we just internally decided to cancel Bloodspot, and uh, 
they told me to be careful and um I checked my AMC app and I saw that there was nobody within like three seats of me. So I was like, okay, well, assuming the guy who sat in my seat that I have, like, didn't uh, have a nosebleed or uh, like sneeze all over my seat or whatever, like, I I should be okay. So I, I kind of took, too, like during, during my movie, like you would hear people cough or sneeze and your first reaction is to just whip your head to where they're at and be like, are they the one that is going to kill me? <laughs> well, I I never had that thought, and I've kind of never had that thought, but I... Uh, uh, sarcasm. I, I, really, are they <laughs> the one to infect me? I was I was more concerned about, like, um, like, when I walked up to the concession counter to get the food that I had, or um, the when I went up to grab my drink, like... Uh, Oh, did the bartender wipe down the bar? Like I was, I was way more concerned about little things like that, um, or the elevator, or the escalator, like the escalator up to the movie theater, because my movie theater is on the third floor of this mall. Um, yeah. Is the escalator wiped down? Like things like that. Like I had a, I had my windbreaker on, and like I went out of my way to like use my forearm with my coat sleeve over me. Uh, to push the door open and things like that. Like those little things bothered me more than like when I sat down in my seat. Um, but at the same time, uh, (laughs) like I, like, uh, like I mentioned to you when I, when I saw the hunt before the movie started, this was the movie theater, like the specific room that I saw a mouse or or rat, whatever. I saw a rodent run across the room. Which, <laughs> that was, I was really paranoid about that when I realized it was in the same room. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to not just get uh, coronavirus, I'm going to get the plague. Like, <laughs> Dude, well, the other the other thing too, I mean, I worked a lot of years customer service, and I can't, I can't count how many times I'd have customers say during something where there's a crazy snowstorm, or like, or... A holiday we were open that they that was kind of strange we were open. I lost count of how many times I had customers say the phrase to me, "Oh my God, what are you doing here? I can't believe you're open." And you know if if <laughs> that that sounds like my know, old it, job. <laughs> well, I I don't know how to really word it. I know that us choosing not to go is not going to cause a movie theater to close down for the virus. But at the same time, I don't want to reward a theater chain for keeping their customers open to the public during a health pandemic. And yes, people, trust me, I get it. It's not the worst disease in the world. But the fact that that such efforts are being taken to minimize its spread and get its impact to be virtually nothing. You know what? I'm willing to help out the cause for that. If if not going to the theater uh, helps theater chains realize, hey, maybe we should just be sending our people home because we don't really need to be here, I'm okay with that. Well, I mean, that kind of spills into a bigger issue of like um like where i used to live in orlando like all the theme parks are starting to close now and it's a matter of okay well 
are they going to pay for these employees to to be gone? Uh, and there's a lot of jobs that are taking time off that aren't uh, versus some that are. Like, so there's all that. Like, there's that big issue. I'm not trying to get into the political argument, but I just there's op- there you that opens that leftist. <laughs> that opens that can of worms as to like, okay, well, if people aren't getting paid because of this, like, what's the risk of their them missing rent or getting foreclosed or uh, things like that? Like, there's all that on top of uh, the broader issue of just we see every day that the New York Stock Exchange, uh, the literal heartbeat of our market. Uh, has literally been having aneurysms every day. Like, you plummeted this day, and then, oh, we came back a little bit, and then, oh, God, we, we're going down again. Like, the the yeah. stock market has been going crazy. Um, have you noticed gas then, prices lately? Uh, yeah, I got gas for, like, $2.10 a gallon uh, the other day. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought I was getting a bargain getting it at $1.85 next to where I work. It was a dollar seventy-eight today. Oh Christ! I should have gotten gas. I should have gotten gas today or yesterday. Like, I got gas on Wednesday and, and it was two ten. <laughs> well, that too. I got gas in uh, technically K- Kentucky, but I got gas at two ten. I was like, oh wow, that's kind of awesome. But, <laughs> yeah. but that's funny. But yeah, it was one of those things where like, you know, Dan and I. You know, we we really just kind of talked about it. We're like, this isn't, like I said last week, this show isn't vital. Um, We just kind of looked at it like, is it really worth taking the risk? Or do um, we want to do we do we want to risk getting sick over a Vin Diesel movie? (laughs) Yeah, and it's just one of those things where it's so much easier to just say, you know what, for the next probably like month maybe a little longer than that we're just gonna watch netflix or dvds we already own well at, yeah at least a month well we're yeah. obviously going to be playing it by ear it's, um it, it, it's one of those things where a lot of the stuff that i'm hearing like uh mlb postponed opening day two weeks and shut down spring training uh nhl their their statement for the nhl it does not give an actual timeline but based on what they were saying in their statement it sounds like they're hopeful to start the play like pick up back when the playoffs would probably normally start and honestly maybe it would be just a good idea to be like hey as of the day we suspended operations the standings that are there are what we're going with for the playoffs or maybe they just play like play the makeup games i don't know but um, it, a lot of the stuff that's being told to shut down really is sounding like it's going to be a week or uh, not a week, a month to a month and a half, roughly. Yeah, we just um, over the past week alone, just with the, the, the just the fact that like everything was happening at once, like everybody decided to cancel at the same time to for for however long like if they were outright canceled or just like oh it, we're postponed for the time being like just the sole slew of everything at once like and trying to it, it not get caught up in too, the hysteria it was interesting too because like you'd hear big events were like we're taking extra precautions but they weren't they weren't going to cancel and then the nba player tested positive for the virus and then the nba canceled and it it, it kind of came across like 
all of the things that canceled were waiting for the first one to say, you know what, that's it, we're done. And then they went, all right, cool, we're not going to be the ones that did it the first time. And then everybody canceled is what it felt <clears> like. At the, at the rate that things started getting canceled, that's what it felt like. Yeah, the... <sighs> It's it's like it's like kids in elementary school just like when the one kid finally raises their hand and all the other kids raise their hand like they just needed the push of <laughs> you all just needed the push of the one guy that says, oh, no, we're going to do it. And then yeah. everyone else just follows suit just like, oh, well, if he did it, I got to do it. Oh, if he did yeah. it, I got to do it. Like uh, <laughs> it's like the it's the Rick and Morty meme. Well, uh, <laughs> he wrote me into this. Well, don't like me. He wrote me <laughs> into this. <laughs> so just for the viewers to reiterate what the plan is, um, going forward for the time being, what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, still have the intro, still do Brownie Bites, but instead of going to the theaters for movies for a while, uh, we're just going to replace it with a second time machine. Um, we'll, and then we'll have our normal time machines and then an outro. So, uh, it the show is still going to go on. Um, it's just, we're not going to go to theaters for a bit just because public health thing, we're going to go along with, you know, they're recommending we limit uh, exposure to being out in public. We're going to go along with it and just be like, you know what? We got movies we can watch at home. Yeah, it's 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 not so much the fact that – I mean obviously there's nothing coming out that we can review. Um, <laughs> there is that, but of course uh, the obviously the, our, we have to take our own health into consideration and the health of our significant others as well, so – uh, just in combination of that, we've decided that um, it's cats. better for – yeah, <laughs> we decided that it's better for us to just kind of follow suit with the theaters and not uh, go out in public. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of a crazy week. So um, not to – not to end our brownie bite segment kind of short, but I mean, there's not really that much else that was worth talking about. <laughs> so, um, that's <laughs> yeah, kind of the original the... brownie bites idea was to talk about, uh, talk about, uh, one movie that got pushed, uh, talk about, uh, that guy being sentenced to 23 years. And then we were going to do a countdown and, and then when, uh, Thursday happened, Wednesday night and Thursday happened and we're like, yeah, we're going to have to not mention pretty much any of that except for one thing. Yeah, no. I mean, obviously Harvey's worth talking about, but um otherwise, I mean, that's that's the state of the show, guys. Um there's nothing again besides Harvey, uh screw you. Thank God you're in jail. Um <laughs> outside of Burn. that, uh, there wasn't really much else worth talking about besides the state of the show. And um yeah. honestly, everybody listening we are praying that you stay healthy and along with your family and all your yeah. friends and uh just be, just be smart i mean the the most uh public incident or public case of this virus is a guy being an idiot and touching all the microphones in a press conference and then like a couple of days later he tests positive for the virus but it's not like that he's like hooked up to a respirator and like in a quarantine net and like he's on the brink of he's, death. He's I in mean, an iron lung. Yeah, I just I mean, I'm not to, I'm not minimalizing what how contagious it is, but it's uh, if we want to go there, 
if you're relatively young, like younger than 70, you should be fine. Just, 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 dude, we're not doctors. Just be smart. Don't do anything stupid. Limit your exposure. Follow what the health officials are saying. Yes, it's an inconvenience for now, but just do your part. Help society progress. Stop hoarding toilet paper. I don't understand why that has to be said. Just yes, be smart. If, Which I know telling and don't, a general public, not our listeners, our listeners are geniuses, but in general, the general public is kind of stupid. But our listeners are not stupid. Yeah, don't don't be – There's a there was one great thing that I saw that said uh, don't be flipping about uh, corona just because uh, you may not be as crippled by it upon exposure – that doesn't mean that uh, you won't be a carrier and interact yeah. with somebody like, that will be affected by it. So chi- um, child, child me, child me would have been really screwed by this because of my asthma issues. Exactly. So I mean, honestly, take it very, very seriously in the terms of like you might be okay and might not show the main symptoms, but if you shake hands with somebody that it has a predisposition for breathing issues or things like that like they might not make it so right right now it's not about me it's about we on a pretty big scale exactly so uh listeners seriously take care of yourselves be considerate think about the bigger picture and um don't get don't be swept up in the fact that like oh well there's nothing to talk about like oh everything's getting canceled like it is for a good reason. Like, yeah. right this now is a we're moment. In not sports month. <laughs> sports month. Not sports month. Not sports. Uh, not sports this month. This is. A, this is a big moment for us as humankind, really. So, uh, if anything, take this moment to call your mom if you haven't called her in a while, or read a book, or. Uh, Go on Netflix because that's what we're gonna do. Um, if you're desperate for a Start movie, a hobby. so yeah, learn pick how up to the learn how to fix a drain. Learn how Sudoku works. Take a dump so big you have to take apart your plumbing. <laughs> Find something to preoccupy your mind and expand it. Um, because like dumps. Uh, <laughs> yes, be like Nick and just take a dump. Uh, <laughs> for a month yeah uh it's the it's the it's the 32nd day of this poop and i was like ah, and it finally comes out please kill me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's uh that's honestly all we got to really talk about this is, again the only thing that's worth talking about for what the third week in a row this is how how much we've been talking about it um yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, third. yeah, but with that, I mean, we just really more or less, uh, we had to let you all know on the record that, uh, we're not going to the theaters anymore, even though, uh, we will remind you again after our reviews, uh, of the hunt and our time machine film, the devil inside. So we'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. As we had already stated, uh, just in our Brownie Bites segment, 
we had some kind of radical uh, schedule changes uh, in the past uh, couple hours for the show. So um, the only film that Nick and I will have ended up seeing this weekend is The Hunt. Uh, we are not going to see Bloodshot uh, in case you skip Brownie Bites. Uh, so yeah, this is the only film that we have any thoughts on in theaters this weekend. Uh, it is brought to us by Damon Lindelof, and it is written by himself and Nick Hughes. They, uh, oh, the director was Craig Zobel, my apologies. Uh, Craig Zobel, Nick Hughes, and Damon Lindelof. So, they have all previously worked together on Lost and The Leftovers, and this film was supposed to come out last September, and it was delayed due to much controversy brought about by the news. And it was very much nearly delayed again. Uh, yeah, obviously it was almost delayed again, to which I joked with Nick a couple days ago. God, it must be terrible to be a producer for The Hunt. <laughs> to, <laughs> to, put it, to put it in perspective, uh, Dan and I had a, had a very serious conversation earlier today about how we think it's a miracle movie chains have not movie theater chains have not just said, all right, that's it. We're closing too. Yeah. It's with as, with as much concern about the public health crisis there is, but also the fact every single movie that realistically is going to make money in the next couple months, continuously pushing themselves to at least like October or November. We're like, it's kind of a miracle theater chains aren't just being like, you know what, let's cut our losses and just shut down for a bit. Which was the basis for my joke. Good Lord. The producers of the hunt can't catch a break, <laughs> <laughs> but no worries. People, we finally saw it. We have our verdict and the hunt. Ah, uh, to me, this movie honestly kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really don't you like this movie. Snowflake. I'm so, okay. Call me a snowflake. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this movie. This movie's so bad. I. It's not because I was offended or it touched or it uh touched or triggered some political insecurities I have. No, this movie screenplay just sucks. I'm sorry. This is one of the worst movies that we've seen for the show in terms of writing. You have all this talent, all these uh, talented actors, the very talented Damon Lindelof uh, at the head, bringing in uh, Nick and Craig uh, from, again, The Lost and The Leftovers and Watchmen. These are very talented people, and the thought of them doing a, a kind of political satire is – not a bad idea. Like, I honestly was really, really excited. Like, ooh, what what did, what did does Damon have to say about uh, the state of politics right now? Nothing. He's about as insightful as a seventh grader with this <laughs> script. Nothing creative. No, nothing creative whatsoever. I could have written this movie when I was in eighth grade. This screenplay is so lazy. The fact that it has character deaths that are very surprising in the first 30 minutes of this movie outside of that nothing is good about this movie betty gilplin i mean she's she's fine borderline good as the lead like she does add a little bit of humanity to 
the deplorable, quote-unquote, that she's playing that just gets pulled into this nonsense because she happened to read the wrong Reddit thread, whatever. But I, outside of that, this is one of the laziest written movies I've, I've seen in a very, very long time. It's It's a movie that really at the core is just – a schlocky, uh, not slasher, but like a schlocky, violent 80s B-movie, like a midnight movie that has dressed itself up with like some ornaments on a Christmas tree that make it look prettier than it actually is, like, and it makes it think it smarter than it is, and, oh, haha, did you get that reference? Oh, haha, he said snowflake, haha, he said deplorable, haha, white people are the worst, like, it thinks it's so much smarter than it the is, and it just makes it. The big yellow the sun. Uh, th- it just makes this movie insufferably up its own butt to sit through. I, uh, I, I haven't given cookies out much this year, but uh, for our potentially last theatrical film in theaters uh, for a while. Ever. Oh, this sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the hunt. I wish The Hunt just went to DVD because that's all this movie deserved to be, in my opinion. I just – sorry. You on our scale – You could bargain bin for it. D- d- dude, this deserves to only be in a bargain bin. On our scale, for those new listeners, uh, a consideration for best film of the year uh, is a movie so good that you don't just get a full pan of brownies. You get uh, icing and sprinkles and all the fixings on top of it. A pretty good movie overall is a full pan of brownies. A so-so whatever 50-50 is a half pan of brownies. A pretty bad movie with maybe one or two good qualities is a single brownie. And a complete dumpster fire consideration for worst of the year is a movie so bad you don't even get a brownie. You get a raisin cookie. Uh, and that's what I give The Hunt. I This movie deserves a cookie for me. I, I genuinely hate this movie. Um... I'm not as passionate as you. You uh, said Zombieland wasn't going to age well. This movie is going to age even worse than Zombieland. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is, like, I I will say this. I liked the movie better than you. Hands down, the weakest part of the movie is it. it is so on the nose about politics. Just. But it's it's not even clever with anything it's trying to say. It's all just hot button like hot takes, just disguised yeah, it, as dialogue. Like when the guy's like, he probably uses the N word. Oh, white and people are even, the worst. And, like not even in private, he probably uses it on Twitter. And I was like, are you trying to be clever? Cause you're not. Um, I give it a uh, uh, a single brownie. I laughed a lot, and I I had an okay time. Uh, granted, uh, this movie-going experience was pretty bizarre compared to other ones I've been to. Uh, not bad, just kind of a weird vibe. Um, I'll explain in a minute, but um, I do not think this really lended much of anything to anything. Um, it just, like, man, it, 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 not going through the motions, because I can't really think of too many movies that are like this, but, uh, it's not clever. You get exactly what you think is gonna kind of happen sometimes, um, but I, yeah, I give it, I give it, 
a single brownie. It's not very good. Um, I laughed quite a bit in it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was all that good. So, well, yeah, you, we, as we've talked before in movies about movies, you just you find humor where there definitely shouldn't be any humor. Let's say, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not. I'm not discrediting your. Yeah, I'm a terrible your... person. I got it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are. A, I, I'll agree. There were a maybe couple moments that I did laugh at where. It's not the movie wanting me to laugh, I will say. When the movie wanted me to laugh or pretend that there was something deep and thoughtful, like, oh, well, maybe I do need to look at myself in the mirror. Like, no, no movie, you fail. You you were unintentionally yeah. funny. You just yeah. – ugh, ugh. Okay. Should we go ahead and throw up the spoiler uh, section flag for now? Um, it's not passion. I'm vomiting. <laughs> All right. Well, you we're... said throw up. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that. Okay. And I, and, I, honest, I... <laughs> and honestly, in the world we're in right now, probably not a good idea to just throw out that phrase willy nilly. But yeah, going going into spoiler territory, uh, I do want to point out, um, like we've addressed already, the kind of state of the world we're in right now. Um, the reason this movie going experience was really weird. Uh, this is one of the most unique things I've. Uh, kind of been through um going into it dan and i had discussed this was the last movie we're going to see in theaters for the foreseeable future um just with everything that's going on we're like you know what let's just do time machines from now on um and when when i got home uh indiana's governor had laid out a bunch of new recommendations for what to do to help stymie the spread of the virus um there was a press conference for uh the mayor of indianapolis and several other uh officials and they basically canceled school for the biggest school system in the state until april 5th uh just a heads up it's uh march 12th so that's a pretty big chunk of time um and they were talking about all these things to help try and spread, uh, prevent the spread of the virus and like uh, taking pretty big measures to ensure that that happens. And then within an hour and a half, I'm at a movie. It's like, this is just weird. This, I was like, it feels like I should be here to watch this movie. And, uh, and then this kind of weird movie starts playing. And I was like, what? I, this is so weird uh, to get a yeah. political commentary during to get a political commentary during a pretty charged political time. And it's a political commentary that frankly, right now, no one cares about. Well, there's one. Okay. Hold on. I'll, you just gave your theatrical story. My theatrical experience for this was, um, kind of similar. I, we were, you and I were texting the entire day, um, leading up to the movie like even considering not going to this society movie was shutting down well in the sports world let's say like i mean obviously other that's like all, more society nothing else in the world matters besides sports sports math sports math you know you know what this is about to be you know what this is about to be what no sports math <laughs> no sports <laughs> no sports 
so so anyway we're texting each other throughout the day and we're even considering not seeing this movie but we decide yeah. okay let's let's skip but damn it we already missed it once yeah so let's we let's go ahead and see the hunt let's skip blood uh bloodshot and um at, uh, as of right now, we've already taped our Devil Inside review that you can listen after this. Just check the timestamp. Uh, but um, we we decided to go ahead and go forward with uh, the hunt. So I walk into my uh, my theater and it's it's regular. Like there's not that many people because today's a Thursday. Um, I go say hi to the bartender. I get my drink that I like to have during the movie and. Uh, I walk in and there's only a couple people in my theater and before the movie starts, I look at everybody and go, uh, well, what's the matter with you gloomy pussies? Uh, <laughs> that, that's a joke. Um, and they were like, we're all bummed out cause it's next month. <laughs> you just, you just fired our favorite nanny. So we're going to see this depressing movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, so I go in, and luckily uh, for me, there's nobody near me. Um, but uh, I texted you this. I don't know. I don't think you uh, replied to it. But this is the same theater that, uh, or the same room that I saw Rambo in, and I saw a rat run across the floor. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm already in a great mood on top of everything that happened for the 12 hours leading up to this movie that I've been awake for. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just like I already said in my hot take. I'm just I, dude, I don't enjoy this movie whatsoever. I I like a movie that wants to talk about politics. I like a movie that is very very violent. I like movies with big actors that want to do something out of the box and kind of silly, and kind of just uh unconventional. But everything about this this made me think of like uh like. The big holiday release where like um, like Collateral Beauty or uh, Cats or uh, all these all these movies that come out every single December that have like 12 stars and it's going to be the big holiday release like amongst all the Oscar contenders and it bombs. It is so bad. It just doesn't work at all it rightfully doesn't make any money and i i don't i don't get what the fuss was about i i wish people saw this movie so that so like tommy lauren and sean hannity and everybody that made a huge fuss about it on television could have just been like oh i was just getting mad at this this was just kind of dumb like <laughs> yeah that was the thing that was funny is like throughout the movie i was sitting there i was like this was controversial just because it's a stupid statement made by a child and then it's just violent, this is stupid. It it does its screenplay is so childish. There's no level of nuance. Like we're ten thousand leagues below the sea in terms of levels of nuance. It has nothing no. remotely interesting to say about the state of politics or humanity or just anything. I don't give a crap about any of these characters besides Betty Gilplin. But outside of that, the, the dumbest like the dumbest part of the movie is actually the twist, where they reveal that it's not some like crazy tradition that runs like in uh uh 
Ready or Not that just runs forever and the, uh, they've been getting away with it for decades. It literally is the first time they've done this and they did it just because they didn't like what people said about them on message boards. And it's like, oh yeah, okay, it's... I, I was like, okay, I get that you wanted to do a twist so it wasn't the predictable thing that's been done forever. The problem is the twist you did sucks. Your twist is so dumb. It's literally if Hillary Clinton actually was killing people because Pizzagate was real. Like, that's the whole crux of it is how charged you're going to get watching it is going to be based on how much you care about going on those message boards about Pizzagate. Like, and they even are so lazy they say Pizzagate in this movie. Like, they have a meeting in their secret movie theater lair or whatever, which, by the way, they don't subtly at all hint that Oh, hey, remember that Hillary Swank won an Oscar for Million Dollar Baby? She's training in this moment. Haha, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Uh, but no, they oh, say in that Swank. meeting. I kept, I, keep, I kept thinking it was Jennifer Garner, and I was just waiting for her to be like, what's in your wallet? I wish they – they might as well have had some blatant product placement in this movie. Like, then, that was the one thing I didn't notice. And then Ben Affleck comes falling down the stairs because he's drunk. <laughs> Baby, I miss you. <laughs> What's in your wallet? <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I'll get in your pocket. <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> Why did you say Jennifer? Ben, how many drinks have you had tonight? Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? She's like, Nick Cage? <laughs> no, I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm bad cage. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, God, we're awful. Why do we still make fun of Ben Affleck? <laughs> <laughs> it started out with Jennifer Garner. It's the thing that's sad. It had nothing to do with Ben Affleck. Uh, and I love Ben Affleck. I was telling you how much I love Ben Affleck last week. And we're back to making fun of his alcoholism. <laughs> We're terrible people. Well, you were telling me it today, too, when I was like, hey, so what should we do with movies? And you were just like, Ben Affleck's great. And I was like, <laughs> uh, Dan, there's a, there's a worldwide health pandemic, and uh, they're taking pretty drastic steps in society. And you're like, I want to see him shirtless. And I was like, what? Uh, no, I, okay, cool. We have to watch the town in Argo again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. Um, But... <laughs> Yeah, like the stuff, the stuff with uh, what's the actress's name? Hillary Swank or yeah, Betty yeah. Gilpin. The stuff with Hillary Swank is literally basic. Breaks down to uh, she's butt hurt about what she saw written about her on a message board because she lost her job, but she's still a millionaire. Yeah, for like, whatever like, reason. Okay, is man, it... that I don't know if you're trying to make her more relatable or if you're just trying to like have a twist that uh, on this type of movie that hasn't been done yet but it's a pretty weak twist and it does not work as well as you want it to on top of nothing in this movie working as well as it wants to it is such a superficial movie there's literally no moment where we get to know these characters like hillary swank i literally have no idea what she's the boss of it's just she's an executive that has a lot of money and a lot of influence and that's it. And she employs and, appa- uh, and apparently she apparently she made a joke about a rumor that was going around about her and it leaked to the internet and they're like this woman 
is for sure the so the movie begins with the it's group a, chat where it's where, it's not where, a, like it's not this group, it's this this Sorry. group of liberal elites is texting about something the president did, and then they go something about, like, we have a bunch of deplorables to kill uh, on the manor. They're like, you promised we wouldn't talk about the manor and then via text, and they're like, viva la manor. And it's like, not a oh. manor. It's a two-bedroom house that I have in Vermont. Uh, first of all, three. But um, <laughs> she, like, they're like, yeah, this is just... This is just so terrible that she's doing this and she's killing people. And so they plan to round up 12 people at a time, the ones that talked about them online and posted to the message boards and kill them. And what's funny is late in the movie, they try to have a commentary about that. They're like, this wasn't my plan. This was your, uh, this wasn't my idea. This was your idea. And I wasn't, I wasn't doing this. You made me do this. And the, uh, redneck, uh, 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 Dom. Uh, Repub- no, Republican Republican character is like, well, I mean, you you are doing it. It's like, okay, I get you're trying to make a point, but this is a really dumb and childish argument. Yeah, I I, I agree. Think, well, yeah, the, I, the <laughs> other the other thing too for a political a movie so politically charged with a statement. What side was it on? I have no idea what side they're taking. They just seem like they're like, we're poking fun and showing how stupid uh, people that are overly political online are. Okay, do you I have think a point that's, to that? I think that's part uh, of the no, point. It's, it was I think like, the uh, fact that no, literally nobody stupid, is likable. Like, okay, so if you're saying this is stupid and you're willing to make fun of it, why are you having me sit here for over an hour and a half to watch that? There's no point to what you're saying other than it's just stupid. You're not offering a way to change it or improve it. You're just saying it's dumb. Exactly. And that in, it, and that in itself is lazy and dumb. You you have finally reached why I hate this movie. Nobody is likable. The only relatable person in the film does not barely have an excuse for a character arc outside of she was mean? kidnapped. She knew – she knew that cigarettes in Arkansas cost six bucks. You done screwed up. <laughs> the weirdest yes. line delivery in the movie, but it's honestly the funniest thing that's said. Oh, no. That moment in the gas station is the only part of the movie that's worthwhile because that was so hysterical. That was genuinely hilarious. Like, uh, outside of that, though, no. Again, I keep saying this. This movie is so superficial and thin and just so lazy. Nothing is worth th- – this movie doesn't want to start a conversation. This movie doesn't even have a worthwhile conversation in itself. Like I wish the political overtones were just taken out of this movie and it was just another uh, – uh, not Island, or Island of Dr. Moreau, uh, the, the, danger, the most dangerous game. Island. No, the most dangerous game. I wish this was yeah. just the most dangerous game without any of this political subtext to it. Which, I mean, sub- calling this movie political subtext is being generous. Um, <laughs> Where's the I, sub in the text? White people are the worst. Like, lines like that. Like, they're so – everything is just so, like uh, – Everything thinks it's so charged, and, like, there are things that you see, like, that people have written online, and they get attacked, and it's just like, 
well, I'm not saying not rightfully so, but like, you're so blah, blah, blah. Like, why did you write that? You're so blah, blah, blah. Like, this movie's entire script is built on lines like that. Like, I'm from Staten Island, and of course I know how to use a gun, because it's my right. And uh, just, uh, this movie is only written I have, I with dialogue like that. I have seven guns. Well, why do you need that many? Because it is my right to defend myself if I'm being shot at. Well, isn't that what the other people are doing? Uh, sure, but they shot at him first, so your point is moot? Yeah, I... Like, I get you're trying to be clever, but you're kind of stupid at it, so stop. Well, it makes everybody look stupid. Like, not just the liberals, like the... I mean, given this movie, sure. This movie does make the more sympathetic people the Republicans. I'll give it that. It does have a clear protagonist in the fact that it is, I guess, trying to say, hey, Republicans aren't as dumb as a lot of us Hollywood elites think they are. But at the same time, they have characters saying, like, oh, well, this guy is a Muslim. They don't say the word, like, he's a Muslim, but, like, oh, this guy's a crisis actor. Like, they have some pretty ridiculously, like, stupid Republican characters in this, just as many as they have uh, liberal characters. Something that I do want to point out that's really, really excellent in that scene, it's fantastic, Uh, it's Randy from My Name is Earl. Oh, and uh, Ashton Kutcher's roommate from The Butterfly Effect. No, it's, it's Randy. No, it's Ashton's roommate. <laughs> no, you liberal snowflake, it's Randy. No, oh, this guy is a crisis actor. I saw them on CNN. This guy is fake. <laughs> I love that they're like poking fun at people with podcasts, and we are reviewing it on a podcast. Oh my god! Take, take that movie. <laughs> Oh my god. No. Oh my god. There was oh, what was the line? I laughed so hard at um your name got dropped in this movie too. Um it made me laugh so hard. Um It did? I could have swore there was a character whose name was Nick in the movie that made me laugh really hard. No, that was last week in the Ben Affleck movie. No, 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 no. I well, I mean outside of the fact that like I have a podcast and I talk about stuff like this, like that made me laugh a lot. Um I could have swore some character's name was Nick, and it made me laugh really hard, too, just because, like, ah, Nick. Like, <laughs> I like uh, I'm going to pull the cast When she list. sees him in the trunk, and she, the guy's like, Jesus Christ. She's like, no, that's just Gary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, oh, by the way, uh, right after that, when she does the, 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 uh, the rabbit and the tortoise story, uh, do you have a thought on that, by the way? Like... Well, they do show a rabbit at the end of the movie, but I do love I do love when Don <laughs> when Don's like your mom told you that story because <laughs> it's it's the stereotypical tortoise in the hare story, and then it, it and then instead of ending with a and so the rabbit learned his lesson that he he needs to just work hard and get to and he will get his work done instead of that. It ends with, but then the turtle's having dinner with his family that night, celebrating his win, and there's a knock on the door. And then the rabbit's there with a hammer, and he just smashes up the turtle's family in front of him and makes him watch. And then when the when the turtle that beat him is the only one that's alive, he eats the food of all the family members in front of the turtle. And then after that, he kills the turtle because the rabbit always wins. I love the 13 seconds of silence followed by, 
your mom re- told you that story? <laughs> yeah, I. That was definitely not where I was expecting that to go, and I thought that was gonna have a bigger payoff, like a Chekhov's gun, just kind of like, okay, well, I mean, the guy, again, very subtle. The guy is just like, well, wait, who's the rabbit? Like, am I the yeah. tortoise? Like, and I thought that was gonna have a bigger payoff because she gets on the plane. Because, I mean, j- just go ahead and jump to the end. She kills Hillary Swank and she gets to hijack her plane after stealing one of her dresses. And the rabbit didn't win, or did the rabbit win? Like I, I, I that metaphor to me was just so confusing because like. She was stabbed, and we thought she's gonna die, but then she saw the rabbit. So, her getting up Dan, made because, her the rabbit. I Dan, because you didn't get it, that makes it clever. Does it? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, okay. Who was the rabbit and who was the tortoise? Like, I had a hard time understanding what she was getting at as she told the story, and then at the end of the movie when the rabbit showed up, I was like, so she's the tortoise. Does that mean that a turtle's gonna come beat a, or a rabbit's gonna come kill her family in front of her? Right. Does that mean that liberals are always going to come and ruin everything? Like, it's it, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like this well, movie does not and, have a cohesive. Other... This movie doesn't have a, co- a cohesive thought in its mind about what it wants to say. Well, the other thing too is it talks about the rabbit always wins, so she technically won. Is like, is it saying that rednecks will always win because they have guns? What is? I don't get what it's getting at. Also, well, if she's if she's point- the rabbit, then sure, like, it's it's what I was saying in that oh, Republicans aren't as dumb or unresourceful as the media sometimes makes them out to be, aka Rachel Maddow. But if it's yeah. the other way around. She won this battle, but she's not going to win the war. And hey, we made the most sympathetic character in our film uh, conservative, but Hollywood liberals are still right, and she's going to die off screen. Like, so I don't, so, I don't get it. Like, speaking, speaking of Rachel Maddow's character, when she, no, uh, no, I wasn't saying Rachel Maddow was in this movie. I was just making up a joke. Uh, well, whoever the blonde lady's name is. Um, Betty Speaking Gilpin. of that, she when she says she works for a rental car company and that she was in the military. Oh, that was it. That's what made me laugh really hard. It wasn't your name drop. It was when she said that she worked at a car rental company. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you who the company is off mic. That's actually a joke about a specific rental car company. Um, in the industry, there's a there's a joke about a certain rental company that they subtly poke a jab at in this movie. That's actually pretty funny if you know the joke oh um, seriously that's funny yeah yeah it's frankly it's honestly pretty funny um dude but, that self that selfie of her or not selfie that photo of the guy taking a picture of his middle finger with her, her face off. i was like why did you make that your profile picture <laughs> this first is my all, life in a all, nutshell how did you get a copy of that photo well they're they're the government they can do anything. She, no, 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 no. That, that that was her screen name. Like they they used the, those were all their screen pictures, and I was like, you know what? They uh, that that situation went with. She pissed that guy off so much. He decided to be a ridiculous customer, take out his phone, and take a picture. Also decided to include him flipping her off in it, and then she said, "Hey, can you send me that photo?" 
Uh, can you tag me on that on the gram? Add me on the gram. Uh, <laughs> but um, one thing I thought was interesting was at the beginning of the movie, it, it does a decent job of throwing you off because every character you think they're going to focus on in the movie dies within 10 minutes of them being on screen. Oh, dude, I, the fact that they had, um, I'm going to pull their names up. It was Emma Roberts and, um, Donnie, uh, no, Ike, uh, Barinholtz. No, his name is Ike Barinholtz. His name, his name is Mikey Mick giant no, gap dude, in my front Donnie teeth. Wahlberg, Donnie Wahlberg is the one that gets shot with a double barrel shotgun in the gas station. Wait, that was, hold on. I have the cast list up here. Um, Ike Barinholtz, Wayne Duvall, Ethan Suple, Emma oh, wait, Roberts. Oh, was Ike Barinholtz. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, Mikey Mick, giant gap Ike in Barinholtz my front teeth. surprisingly looks like Donnie Wahlberg. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I was I was distracted by the the te- by the gap in his front teeth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, that was yeah, Ike Barinholtz, and yeah, the fact that they had them for I thought I remember in the ads that Ike looked like he was going to be more of a predominant character but Ike was the one nope. I thought was the main character. Well yeah, he on my I, while I was going through Facebook all day, every time an ad started for this movie, it was a close up of his face, which by the way, that shot is not in the movie. It's only yeah. Emma Roberts at the very beginning until she gets shot in the face. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, she's uh, she's credited by the way as yoga pants. <laughs> how do you think this movie was changed in in it being delayed do you think they changed anything in it uh i hope they did i hope there's a director's cut that's much better than what we got um <laughs> i i wonder what that would have been i because... maybe a little maybe a little more violent because there was a lot of like technically off-screen deaths like there was a lot of yeah. on-screen gore but I mean, not as much, given this movie was rated R, than that I expected. Except for the girl at the, Good lord, that poor girl at the very beginning that <laughs> fell in the spike pit twice. <laughs> God, that was so funny. Oh, though, I felt so bad she for runs, She runs from the gunfire, falls in a... <laughs> I think it's called a Pun, uh, Punjabi pit. Uh, falls in there, gets stabbed, then runs out. Then the guy that's helping her run away steps on a landmine. She gets blown in half, and then her half that's got her uh, vital organs and head, uh, that falls back into the pit and gets impaled again. And I just love where she's like, kill me. <laughs> and she's like, no, we can save you. And she goes, oh, give me it, you pansy. And she grabs the gun and offs herself. Dude, I thought that was real. I thought that was funny when she's just like, tomorrow is my birthday. We're going to eat cake. And then I don't know how on earth no, no, she no, can no. run. She says, she says, tomorrow's my birthday. I'm going to eat a whole pie. And I just love oh. that the guy's like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I lo- I just love that the guy's like, wait, what? <laughs> I, by the way, there's no way on earth that she could have any mobility in that leg getting a spike straight through the femur and the fibula like there is no up on the details there is no way on earth that she could put any pressure on that leg before she gets blown in half by the way <laughs> um I, I i like the scene where they attack the trench that the people are hiding out in that they're that they're shooting everybody in 
I really like that scene where uh, uh, they're sitting there and they're like, the one guy's like, I'm sorry, I just gendered the conversation. I was like, please die, movie. Um, And then I like when... Oh, uh, one of the the guys in there, by the way, is uh, an actor I really, really like, uh, Glenn Howerton. from It's Always Sunny. Yes, Glenn Howerton. Yeah. He is uh, in It's Always Sunny, and uh, oh my god, it was it's so nice to see him. Like, I hope he ends up in more movies playing creeps because he's really really good at it. Yeah. Um. And then uh, I find it funny that she kills Dawn just because uh, Hillary Swank tells her to kill Dawn, and I I like that uh, Dawn. Don's like, she's just telling you she's trying to turn us against each other. And I was like, Don, every other person in this movie has died that she's come into contact with, and you're the second fat guy. You are for sure going to die. Yeah, I... Can we talk about how kind of... Uh... I don't know. I... Just something about Don I didn't like with um, his his design, let's say, like... He's he's wearing Was the, it the hat. Well, he I don't know. He came off he, the way they made him just came off so stereotypical. Like he's got the goatee and the airborne hat, and he's overweight, but he's dressed up in uh, a nice button down, tucked into his jeans, and like he's a good old American I, boy. Like I, I just, really I really thought that he was gonna say when I get out of her, the first thing I'm gonna do is gonna go to Waffle House. Well, he might as well have, because he also just blatantly was just like, I was watching it on the Hannity, and he cause, said this, like... Because <laughs> at, at Waffle House, at Waffle House, unlike Olive Garden, the blowjobs in the parking lot aren't a point of shame. <laughs> would you would you rather ha- Would you rather get one at an Olive Garden or a Waffle House? Like, which one would make you feel less shameful? <laughs> I'm not answering that question. I'm just saying that one would be more embarrassing to me because at one restaurant, I'd just be like, well, I'm already here. Like, this might as well happen. But uh... And at the other one, you'd be like, <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah, you know what he looked like? Is he looked like what South Park said that, the main captain from the whale wars boat was oh <laughs> i haven't watched that episode I, I kept, forever i kept waiting for a harpoon to come through and shoot him <laughs> through the back of the head and someone would be like maybe he's okay chicken and a cow <laughs> <laughs> um what, what this movie needed you know what actually thinking about it this movie thought it was an episode of South Park, and it wasn't smart enough to be. Oh, yeah. No, this is definitely, like, a rough draft of a potentially okay South Park episode. Like, now that yeah. you say that, I really wish Trey Parker and Matt Stone came up and punched this movie's script up. Like, if not just yeah, work it from the ground up. Really, like, it really would have been – you know – if this movie gets enough traction, I kind of hope they do a South Park episode of this. Like the episode they did that was Inception. Um, I think Trey uh, Parker. Yeah, well, that one was that one was just eh, that one that movie that episode was kind of 
Eh, but no, I like I like the idea that you're no, saying. That, I'm just that one. That one has probably my most quoted thing from South Park ever was uh, when he's like, "You're falling. You're on a cloud, a light fluffy cloud, and you're falling asleep deeper and deeper, and you're feeling more relaxed on a cloud, happy cloud, light fluffy cloud." <laughs> oh, it's a weird gas bubble or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. He's trying to get them like hypnotized and relaxed, and starts screaming because he had a gas bubble. The <laughs> uh, um, this this would I I wouldn't be surprised if South Park uh come this fall ends up making fun of this episode or this movie. But did you so speaking of speaking of the terrible characters that are in this movie, did you? find it as funny as i did the person they said that was from orlando florida oh yeah of course he's Look, the guy with the like tattoos the stereotypical and... guy you see in orlando florida that's a native the closest resemblance to a florida man that you could yeah. pers- personify on screen of course he's from orlando like <laughs> he's not from pensacola and he's not from like uh oh my god he's not from tallahassee he's not from uh panama like no he's from orlando like <laughs> he's from the meth belt um yeah and then <laughs> when, when they when they when they have that moment with the guy that was randy from my name is earl and he's like these are crisis actors and then the one guy reveals himself to actually be a crisis actor i was just like why would you reveal yourself and i i just love the way that he killed him is to pull the pin out of a grenade and then stick it down another grown man's pants oh my god that was so a grown man wrote that scene a grown man wrote that scene I don't it, this, again the tone of this movie it doesn't make sense like if this movie thinks it's funny and wants me to laugh at this I'm sorry your sense of humor is awful but if this movie I, wanted me to I take have, it seriously I have I have two jokes for the name of that scene that might make you laugh I try me what what are they blown up job eh. and and is that a grenade in your pants, or are you happy to boom? <laughs> you don't even have to add the boom. Just is that a grenade in your pants, or are you just happy to see me? That's <laughs> that's pretty awesome. <laughs> is, is that a grenade in your pants, or do you need to go to the doctor? Is that a grenade? <laughs> is that a grenade in your pants, or do you just want me to shoot you in the face? Like, <laughs> is that a Glock in your pocket? No, it's two Glocks. <laughs> so. So the Lorelax speak, stood on his tree. Is that a speaking, Glock in your pocket? Like, <laughs> speaking of movie trailers, you text you texted me about a movie trailer you got before this that, frankly, I find more entertaining to discuss than this movie. Green. Oh, oh my God! I okay. What a time to release this trailer unto the world. Oh my God! I was laughing so hard while I was watching this. I was like, oh, "It's a sequel to uh, Geostorm that I didn't know we needed." Like, and 2012. <laughs> no, dude. So, so it comes on, and they're like, at the beginning of the trailer, when they're like, "Oh, there's this meteor, and it's coming by Earth, and some of the fragments are gonna fall into the ocean." I was like, "There is no way in hell that any government uh, or uh, like space." thing would just be okay with this like coming into our atmosphere they they would try and blow it up even if they were sure it would miss 
And I just love in the trailer where they're like, oh, it's going to hit in the water. And then... And then it just destroys like, Orlando. Like, Where's the splash and the explosion? And then he's just outside and gets knocked over onto his ass by a shockwave. And they're like, it hits Central Florida, and it just shows like Miami or Orlando getting blown up. Okay, like, ge- geography lesson: Miami is South Florida, Orlando is Central Florida. Where I used to live was literally obliterated. Like, <laughs> I if well, I was there in it, that movie world, I'd I be dead. I couldn't figure out where anything was based on the location of a cornfield and a McDonald's, so sorry, I don't know where it is. But uh, no, so Miami. Well, like, my, so Miami so was fine. Love, like, <laughs> like right after that, I love that the one guy's like, they were off. They were off their calculations by two days. Everything's going to hit. It's going to hit a bunch of major cities. Everyone's in danger. We need to get to. We need to make sure that we have enough supplies to survive. And I was like, uh, this is kind of a bad time to talk about that stuff. And then uh, they're like, we gotta get to a bunker to ensure that we survive. And I was like, again, bad time to bring this up. Oh my de- Oh my god. Read I keep my fo- the I keep, room movie. Trailer. I keep my phone on airplane mode um, when the trailer starts. But the second this trailer ended, I texted you first and was like, oh my god, please tell me you saw this trailer. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I tried, I got home and I was like, so you know how like hysteria is spreading and stuff throughout the world? And Kelsey was like, yeah. And I was like, uh, I saw probably the dumbest trailer that could have been released this week. And then I tried to look it up online. The trailer's not online. Because it probably just dropped with this movie today. Like, poor yeah. Gerard Butler, by the way. Like, if anybody needs I, a, if anybody I, needs a new I agent, it's Gerard movie, Butler. I, I, okay, here's the thing. I think this movie will be entertaining. I'm not going to say why. I think you can figure out why. Um, but... <laughs> yes, I can figure it oh out. My God, my God man. Please, like, now is not the time to, to... Like, you've heard how Contagion is being rented like crazy, right? Yes, I texted you that this morning. <laughs> uh, well, I've also heard from, like, three people I work with about it that have all, rent, that have all uh, raved about how good it is. But the, yes, like, it is a good movie. Yes, but but they're like, yeah, Contagion's been getting rented a lot more for, with what's going on in the world right now. And then they released this trailer, and I was like, not a good time, media. Yeah, if any movie should have been shelved right now, it's probably the movie about a meteor destroying the planet. Like, <laughs> it's it's probably about mass. It's probably the one about mass hysteria as the world's coming to an end. Yeah, like. Forget the hunt. Like this movie, this movie's got nothing remotely interesting to say. Like screw it. We can, honestly, this movie is going to disappear once people actually see it, like and, we did, and realize, oh wait, this movie actually is pretty stupid and adds nothing to in, our current political the, discourse. Like whatever. Like in the in the in the universe of that movie, after the meteor strikes Orlando and just completely levels Orlando, you know there's someone on Facebook that's just gonna comment, "This is completely blown out of proportion. It's nothing more than just slightly bigger hail." I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna borrow a joke from <laughs> I'm gonna borrow a joke from uh. A fellow podcaster, Mark Marin, um, I just watched his special on Netflix. He said uh, he was making a joke about uh, like how we've gotten to the point where the sky could be on fire and somebody will be online and be like, oh, that's actually OK. Back in 1907, the sky was on fire for three days. Dude, uh, gas in the sky tra- is good. This trailer, this trailer has the kids say the line, but daddy, the sky's on fire. That's <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> I <It's>, forgot that. <laughs> and then I, I like um, 
honestly one of the more like hilariously chilling moments in the trailer is when they're sitting at that stoplight and the radio goes off and says if you can hear this message seek shelter that is a it, like i've seen zombie movies i've seen a lot of like disaster like something disastrous is happening type movies and they always have that moment where the radio plays the emergency broadcast but the emergency broadcast always states hey uh tornado seek shelter hey hurricane seek shelter or in like a zombie thing it's like hey uh there's chaos seek shelter immediately don't go out and if you see anyone exhibiting these uh, medical signs, they're probably infected. This movie's just straight up like, uh, if you can hear this, you need to not be outside. You need to seek shelter. But it doesn't tell you why. And I was like, uh, is it going to start raining zombies? Yeah. I Well, we just had that in the, the Quiet Place trailer. Like, uh, she's driving, and it's that same emergency broadcast while the aliens are attacking everybody. And then... And, and then that movie got pushed. Uh, yep, as did uh, I saw a trailer for a movie, another movie that we're not going to watch, uh, The Lovebirds. Uh, that got pushed. So yeah, uh, God, dude, it's nuts. Anyway, uh, we, we talked about that in Brownie Bites. Yeah, I yeah, I'm just reminding everybody that may have skipped it, but it's back to. I mean, do you? It doesn't sound like you have anything else to say about the hunt. Who would I mean, you cast Nicolas Cage to be. And then and then I'm done. Uh oh my god, I don't know. I, I, him as the he, him as the mail store owner would have been interesting, like as that little surprise role there. Um, there's no one else really that I think it would have been worth his talent to be on the screen for less than five minutes. Like, I mean, unless you want him to just replace Hillary Swank. Um, maybe still have the long hair, but Nicolas Cage still be the one the that dress. be like, it's not, yeah, still in the dress and long hair, but it's Nicolas Cage with Where, his five o'clock shadow. Heels. Cause remember you said you'd do anything to see Nicolas Cage in yoga pants. Um, I, <laughs> I would it's have not, him it's either not be a manor as a three bedroom house I have in Vermont. <laughs> I would either have him be the military guy just for the line delivery of, were you in the service? Yeah, I was in the reserves. <laughs> Or (laughs) I would have him be the bunny at the very end because it'd be as confusing as the bunny in this movie anyway. Yo, if it was Nicolas Cage, like actual fully grown Nicolas Cage in a bunny costume just crawling around the floor. (laughs) It's the pink bunny suit from a a Christmas story. Oh, yeah, but – and he's got the makeup on his face too. What? Frankly, he could just borrow my bunny suit. Dude, he just has to add a little bit of makeup, like, on his nose and around his mouth. And, like, maybe he's got a little carrot. And he just goes, like, the rabbit always wins. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why couldn't you put the rabbit back in the box? You can't keep Bunny in the box. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the box at the beginning of the movie. They have to they have to put the rabbit back in and nail it shut. Oh, dude. That makes, that makes me think. the cage, man. That makes me think, what on earth was supposed to be the payoff with the pig? Uh, pigs to the slaughter? I, other than that, I don't have a clue. Was it all just for that one-off? I, I will but say no, this. was it all Don's, for that? 
was it all for that Animal Farm reference they had at the end? I think I think that's what it was. One of the funniest lines of Don's in the movie is just when the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia goes to take a leak, and he's like, "Hey, is this your pig?" Oh yeah, and he like, just gets and Betty just rips his throat open, like, <laughs> like, dude, what? Why was that the plan? Why was the plan? Uh, he's just gonna confuse the guy with a pig, and then I'm gonna slit his throat where he stands. You make a distraction while he's taking a leak, and then I'm gonna murder him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay, I I got nothing else. I'm I'm pretty done. Oh, okay, no, I wasn't – I'm not making you finish. It just sounded like you had nothing else to say because we went on a whole tangent about Greenland. Like, <laughs> I honestly – I, I got not nothing. pay attention to my phrasing joke? Wait, no – wait, what What was the phrasing joke? I'm not making you finish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, it sounded like you ran out of thoughts on this movie, so I'm not making you stop talking, but if you don't have anything else, I honestly don't either. I'm tired of talking about this stupid uh, yeah, movie. I'm, I'm, I'm done. This movie, this movie's not going to really be remembered for anything other than the BS controversy it caused. Well, even then, like, I, I have no desire to ever watch this again, but speaking of political controversial movies, I... I don't want to watch this again, but I, I'm still down to watch the interview, so take that with whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> or Greenland. Uh, but no, I uh, you you're on a half pan, right, with this? Uh, no, single brownie. Okay, so you're a single brownie, and I am a solid cookie. I definitely hate this movie, and I hate that this is probably the last film we're watching for a while in theaters. So. Thank you for that, on top of the fact it's already bad enough, but, uh, yeah, with that. Also, thanks for having us risk our health for one final movie, and it was this. Yeah, uh... Thank, thank you, this movie. Yeah, thanks, Damon. Um, so with that, we're gonna take a very brief break, and, uh, we will be back, uh, with our trip into the time machine to 2012, where we will talk about... The Devil Inside. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This week, Nick and I went back to the Vatican in 2012, even though the film technically takes place in 2010, to watch... 2009. Or... <laughs> Thank you, 2009. Um, <laughs> and we... To watch the doubt inside. <laughs> to watch the devil inside. This has been on the docket for a while, and listeners, we have finally... Uh, subjected... We, just didn't, we didn't want to let it end is what it was. We didn't want it to end. <laughs> we couldn't think of an ending for that wait. Yes, we finally subjected ourselves to this film... It has come courtesy to us, thanks to the director, William Brent Bell, and it was written by William and Matthew Perriman. Uh, the film stars uh, Fernanda Andriel, uh, Andrea, sorry if I pronounced her name wrong, uh, hit the, <laughs> fill in the blank on the poker paper, um, <laughs> uh, it also stars Simon Quarterman and 
Ian Helmuth, uh, among other stars who, <laughs> let's call them stars just retroactively. Uh, <laughs> so yes, we watched <laughs> The Devil Inside, and <sighs> Nick, it was your time machine pick, so I'll yield the floor to you for your quick hot take uh, before we really dive into it, because um, I... Ooh, I got some thoughts on this movie. Um, uh, this wasn't the first time that you saw it either, right? Uh, no, but it might as well have been because the time that I saw it was either 2013 or 2012. Um, and man, I, I one of one of one of the most telling things was uh, I texted you. I was like, "This is substantially less funny than I remember." Um. I I remember uh, f- like thinking there's a lot of funny stuff in it, but I also remember thinking that it was a, a semi decent movie um, while still being heavily flawed. Uh, but I also thought that there was something there, and I still like I, something I texted you was, man, a movie about two rogue priests that are performing exorcisms that aren't sanctioned would be pretty neat. There, there's some neat stuff in this movie. It's, it goes back to a lot of the stuff we've said with other found footage movies. Of, there's a cool premise there. There really is something neat is there, and they just didn't develop it properly. Um, I, I like the the thing with the transference. I thought was good. The fact that someone murdered three people uh, during an exorcism was really good. Um, I thought that the fact that the, okay, the fact in the movie that the Catholic Church has a school of exorcism, I thought was really good. There was a lot of things I thought were really good. It was just executed about as poorly as it could have been. Um, the camera techniques were stupid. The quote unquote box art of the nun with the milky eyes, uh, there's something really strange about that shot. Uh, one, they clearly just wasted it on a on a passerby, so I don't really understand why they used it as like the defining picture of the movie. But two, there's a scene where she's it's late in the movie, and they they show the nun with the milky eyes pretty early in the movie, and then late in the movie, she's walking across this bridge, and she's walking up to a group of nuns. The daylight looks the same, and it looks like she's wearing the same clothes. So I think. They took that shot of the nun from late in the movie, pulled it out, and then put it early in the movie for absolutely no reason. Um, there is uh, not a lot else to say about this movie. It just squanders and wastes a lot of good opportunity. And then the ending. Um, you can't discuss this movie without mentioning how horrible the ending is. Because it just stops. Yeah, I... To give my quick hot take on it, I... I saw this film probably back in the same time frame that you did when it was first on Netflix, which, um, which by the way, if any of you uh, haven't watched it yet, it is on Netflix and Amazon Prime, and um 
back then, I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know what my hot take was back then. I just, the ending stood out to me in the car wreck and the fact that it ends so abruptly and then just says, for more on this unsolved case, go to this website. And it's just like that they no longer have the rights to because I looked it up. Yeah, the the website that... doesn't work anymore. Like they just gave up on the domain rights. So uh, the that it's not that the website doesn't work. I'm going to throw that out there. It's not that the website doesn't work. <laughs> the website doesn't work. That's the crux of the whole film. It's the fact that it just of all the 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 title cards you could have used you could have just had the car wreck and then just say she was 34 he was 38 he was 37 like it could have just ended the like that 666 it could have just ended like that and then the cause of the accident was by user error and then the Vatican still runs their school for exorcism. Like, it could have just ended as ominously as that. But no, it's just like, well, technically the plot hasn't ended, so you have to go here. But aside from that, that we can continue to complain about in a minute, as one of the worst film endings of all time, um, my general thoughts on the entirety of this film... The first hour of this movie, I was so bored to death. Not a single performance stood out to me as worthwhile or interesting. Not a single aspect of the story was interesting to me. The fact that it's just like, oh, my mother went crazy. And then I have to figure out this story because I just – it's my life now. I just have to figure out why my mother went crazy. And then she got sent. I love the resounding <laughs> silence at that bar table, too, when they're like, why are you so obsessed with this? And she goes, well, to be completely honest, my mother murdered three people during an ex- that were from her church during an exorcism that was being performed on herself. And I was like, they just pan to the table and everyone sits there. And it's like, really? No one has a strange reaction to that? Oh, well, uh, yes, that's... <laughs> That was honestly pretty funny. Everyone acts like she just asked if they wanted tea. That's funny to laugh at now, but yes, in the context of the movie, it's just like, it's equally awkward to watch that moment. But it's just, so she's just, it's, it's not interesting. Like she is not, there's something about, I don't know if it's exactly the way she's written or the way that she's acted. Like, I don't think this actress is necessarily a bad actress. Nor do I think anybody... Uh, she acts possessed very poorly, I will say that. Okay, at the end of the film, sure. I, I will agree with you. Outside of the fact that, like, she and the other actress who was possessed, they can contort very well. I'll give you that. They can do that very well. But the in terms of acting ability, it's not that good. But it's not... Yeah. The worst acting we've seen on this show so far. Honestly, I don't think she's that bad. I don't think the doctors are that bad. I don't think any of the priests are that bad. But just the general tone of this movie is so... I 
not to say lame, but I remember back in 2012, this came at the coattails of Paranormal Activity, where it was the thing to make a found footage horror movie. We just watched Apollo 11, what, two, three weeks ago? And it was still riding the coattails of the found footage film where you could get away with having no money and just shake the camera a lot and have an ominous music in the background in post-production, and that equals scary. And this movie leans into this as hard as, well, Apollo 18 or Paranormal Activity does. Like, it's just... It's pretending it's doing something revolutionary when it's just spinning the wheels and adding nothing to the culture or this specific subgenre. It was doing something revolutionary in that it was like, we're going to have movies with no endings. That that also I will get to that. I'm just (laughs) I'm just pointing out the fact that the first hour of this movie is just spinning the wheels and is not adding anything to it's 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 subgenre. Like the, again, the acting so, the acting is not that bad. The the cinematography is obnoxious. The cinematography may, gave me a bigger headache than when I watched Cloverfield. It was easier to sit through Cloverfield than this movie in terms of cinematography. That is saying something. So I don't know the time frame, um, but I agree with you that. Uh, to a certain point, the movie's really boring. To me, that point was actually after they interview uh, the mom and they are analyzing what she said in the interview. I found the movie pretty boring. And I still found it, you know, semi-boring after. But, like, when they start just dissecting what she's saying in the video, that's when I thought it really started to get slightly entertaining. On the terrible green like, screen on the. Lo- she's like, <laughs> I had an abortion, and I never, and I never told this lady about it, but she mentions it, and then, uh, they're like, I, okay, so I have, a, I, I really honestly have a question. Uh, she says, Father, you'll burn in hell for what you did. What did he do? Did they ever answer what he did? Um, I don't remember an explicit answer, but I feel like it's possibly the fact that, like, he's deviating from the church into these extracurricular exorcism uh, activities, let's say. I I don't remember an explicit answer, though. Because I remember she talks about, like, uh, she's like, Mom or Mom, I know you're in there, and, she, and she's like, "You'll burn," it, or that, and when she's like, "It's against God's will," you know. Oh, um, oh, I have a theory. I have a theory. It's because maybe did he get her pregnant? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I I'm gonna pull a doubt here and say that what if this pastor was kind of doing some inappropriate things with the youth group, let's say. You mean drowning them during a baptism? Well, well, that'd be kind of light compared to what I'm implying, but what if this pastor was uh, not uh, following the code of conduct, let's say? But what if it's just heaven? That's honestly interesting because there's like no – there's no implications of, of anything other than 
uh, her just saying, you know, you're doing bad things. What if he just got really say what he did? He could have just gotten relocated there because, I mean, the turnaround from what I've read the for pastors that were accused of something to get to a new parish is relatively quick. But okay, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying this is a theory, listeners. This is a theory. This is not my definitive answer. It's just a theory. I I mean, yeah, the three of them do stuff that won't get them into heaven. Attempted drowning of a baby and suicide definitely makes it sure that that one guy, one guy won't get into heaven. Yeah. Abortion and in some and in some religious or in a lot of religions that makes sure you don't get into heaven. And then whatever the one guy did that they allude to but never say. Yeah, I Anyway, back to when the movie got interesting. Yeah, or um, well, hold on. You when... didn't hold on. You didn't let me finish my hot take really quick. I only have one more thing to say about my hot take. Well, chop chop. Hey, well, chop chop indeed. I like I said the first <laughs> like I said the first hour of this movie is incredibly boring, but honestly, once the demonic transference, which is referred to uh, in the classroom in the first ten minutes of the movie, uh, actually pays off, that is when the movie gets interesting. The fact that, like, um, it's it's past when, oh, you need to see your own exorcism for your own good. Like, that was dumb. And then they go to the mother again, and she does her thing. Once they go to her again, but then it turns out, oh, crap, that demon is trying to possess all of us. That was actually really cool. I actually really liked the last 20 minutes of this movie up until the car wreck. Wouldn't wouldn't it have actually been pretty neat? Like, because they were talking about that transference and they said it might that the one demon had uh, followers and disciples are like. It sounds like there's four voices. I was like, what if that's actually the followers getting out and it's not even the same demon? Dude, that would have been even better than the ending that we had. The the kernel of a cool idea of demonic transference, like, oh no, we can't just perform an exorcism because that could potentially spare more demons. Or just even the singularity of the one demon, oh, oh crap, he's just going to latch onto somebody else that's in the room. That is a really yeah. cool idea. And they just don't do anything with it. They just – they have a, a a semblance of a cool idea of just the fact that, like, the girl gets infected. The guy that shoots himself in the mouth gets infected. And the, potentially the driver <laughs> of the car gets infected. But then it's just like, nah, nah, let's not go anywhere with it. Let's just kill them all in a car yeah. crack. Like – they set up so many cool things and then just clearly don't know where to go. You just reminded me of a bunch of text messages, by the way. I sent you a lot. When that, my, what, uh, my first one was great. Uh, with the Vatican did not endorse this film. Uh, that can mean a lot of things. Yeah, the Vatican didn't endorse Doubt or Borat or The Hunger Games or uh, hundreds of movies. That 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 text card does not mean anything yeah 
Uh, also, the Photoshop and the family photos is really bad. Uh, I don't know if you picked up on it, but I was watching it and I was like, the shadows don't line up. Oh, I've ever. okay. I've seen a lot of bad photoshopping in movies before, so that kind of just kind of brushed off me. Just like, oh, okay, clearly this movie didn't have any money behind it. Uh, I wonder how seriously they take the the exorcism school. Well, these people believe everything the Bible tells them, so I'm gonna say they take the demonic stuff the most seriously. And then. <laughs> The the dude, dialogue her dude mom the dialogue is just a crazy asshole. The dialogue in that sequence was strictly plot driven. Like student A sends this, and then student yeah. B contradicts with this because plot reasons. Like that's all no, that was. No 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 no. That's it's not that scene. She is in the car driving and says the sentence. I wonder how seriously they take this exorcism school. Yeah, this movie. Yeah, that line was not subtle at all. I agree. I... <laughs> um, then suddenly her mom is a crazy asshole after seven years. Where they're like, "Oh, she's been good for seven years," and then she just started attacking people. Oh wait, was that was that before or after my favorite scene in this movie? I'm not gonna go through all my texts, but uh, <laughs> there was there was a specific moment. I think it was before that she met the mother. Where she was just starts headbutting the wall. No, 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 no. It was when the daughter, when she was just word vomiting, just like I'm here in Italy in the Vatican because blah 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 blah. And then there's the shot of this her. This is when she goes. This is when she goes in, and the doctor's talking to her about what her mom's doing. I don't remember if it was before or after that, but there's this shot literally out in the public where she's expositioning expositioning uh whatever she's saying about her mother and it's the shot of her walking away from the camera off to the distance and so uh, that that scene is before this wait say that again that shot you're about to mention is before this okay so that's perfect because she's okay so she's saying something about like i can't wait to see my mother and figure this out and she's walking away from the camera in a very dramatic fashion, but it's also a documentary, and it's just out in the middle of the street, and some dude just checks out her ass, and <laughs> it is <laughs> I started crying laughing at that because, oh my god, I thought that was so funny. Like, <laughs> why would you leave this, I... why would you leave that in the middle of this horror movie? Just like, she's walking away and she I, just I said- leave it, I leave that up to just- stereotypical italian stereotypes in movies she just said something so dramatic and they didn't find any other b-roll of her walking away from the camera outside of the shot of this dude just checking her out just like "Ooh, americana like it's <laughs> like i'd commit sin for that booty um <laughs> but i will say I, do, I will say this the mom i i thought the mom's crazy acting was good it's it's not bad. I I'll, was I'll give you that. It's not I bad. I was genuinely I was genuinely very freaked out when they were on screen with the mother in the in the in the jail cell, not during the exorcism, in the jail cell that made me really uncomfortable. I agree. The jail cell is a little just a little more creepy than the exorcism. I mean, again, just by a yeah. hair margin in my opinion. Just by a hair margin. Yeah. Uh, the stupid white-eyed nun. 
And then I always thought, <laughs> okay, I, I... every time I see this movie, <laughs> every time I see this movie, I think the two priests are trying to have sex with the main character. Oh, don't give Pornhub any ideas. Um... <laughs> the devil inside Isabella. <laughs> but okay, hold on. If you before you want to deep dive into that necessarily, I you I don't want to deep dive into Isabella. <laughs> <laughs> I you said something I wanted to talk about real quick. I wanted to or add okay. my comment to the fact that we both texted each other about the fact that the the blind nun, let's just call her the blind nun. Literally has God, no- it's such a stupid shot. It's such a stupid, pointless shot. She adds nothing to this movie. Um, I you pointed out she adds a trailer moment. You pointed out a moment that I missed, besides what I texted you. But we both texted each other about the same moment. You just had an extra moment that I didn't realize happened. It's when they're just walking down the street, and like, yeah, and like, oh, there's a nun, and she's staring at me. And then she ended up becoming the iconic moment for the poster, and she actually adds nothing to this movie outside of the millisecond she's actually yeah. on screen. Like, ooh, creepy for creepy's sake. The fact, like, and the fact that the, and the fact that that shot is yanked from a moment later in the movie and just put early in the movie during a montage. Yeah, that was the moment I didn't realize happened because I just was so checked out at that point, but. I, I remember very early when she's just like, oh, by the way, did you not notice how awkward that was when um, she was just walking through the hospital and then just decided to stop and was just like, oh, I wonder what's going on yeah. outside. And then the cameraman. And they're like, hey, just a heads up, obvious jump scare coming up sometime soon. And then they don't even deliver on the jump scare. Oh, yeah. The jump scare is just the doctor behind her just like, are you still walking? Like, <laughs> that's all the jump scare was. Yeah. Uh, dude, I think this movie... I think a movie... Yeah, I have one about... Uh, I think a movie about two rogue priests doing exorcisms... Yes, yes, uh, yes. ...would be badass. I... Uh, dude, I agree. It's... Then, oh, or hold on. There is a movie kind of like that that's called The Last Exorcism. Have you watched that movie? No. Okay, The Last Exorcism is produced by Eli Roth, and it is about a pastor – well, pastor, quote-unquote, who performs exorcisms, again, quote-unquote, to prove that people are crazy until he finds out someone's actually possessed by a demon, and then chaos ensues. And it also has a terrible <laughs> ending, just like this movie. Uh, I got F you giant dog for when they're walking to that one exorcism. Oh, <laughs> I knew you were going to text me about that. That's the shot where they're just expounding more exposition and then just they happen to walk by the fence with a giant freaking what Rottweiler or a German shepherd like. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's a uh, Burmese. I think it's a mountain dog. Like that dude, that dog's huge. That dog's massive. That thing I think is was designed to like attack bears. Okay, well it looked like um, a German Shepherd to be. Like I remember the moment you're talking about. They're just like ba 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 
and then like okay dog and then they just keep walking and keep talking in their exposition just like <laughs> i got i got holy crap her vagina is so bloody and immediately followed up with damn her queef made her levitate and then well, oh my god demonic person on the loose <laughs> well hold on okay let's that scene is worth talking about because okay she went to the school and she just within a jump cut convinced every single person of them to go out to the bar with her and talk about like well i'm interested in religion because of this i'm interested in exorcisms because of this and then oh no you're not going to understand an exorcism without going to a real one. And then there is this chronic uh, uh, episodic person that they go and visit just on the regular. And then on this that? and then on this particular night, just like, oh, we have a camera crew with us. Where's her daughter at? Oh, we had to put her in the basement because she had a bad episode. And <laughs> that's when this particular person, one, is folded up like an origami swan, except worse. And then, as you texted me, oh my god, there was so much blood. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yours, yours were like, oh my god, you're making her have her period. Um, but oh. <laughs> then, uh, starts floating. Uh, okay, <laughs> me, uh, my text was, oh my god, you reading the Bible is making her go on her period. I... <laughs> <laughs> but... But uh, and then then she manages to break loose and she starts climbing the walls and running around, and doesn't put up much of a fight once they once they like grab her. She doesn't put up much of a fight. But um, one thing I did find interesting, I noticed that this time watching it was uh, the mother and this girl when they become possessed, and they're like really like the demon really is showing itself. Their eyes not only turn red, they start actually glowing. Yeah, I didn't remember that either. Like, I did notice that too. That I was like, "Oh, that's actually some interesting post-production that you actually made her yeah, eyes glow." I was like, "I was like, interesting choice," because that to me really eliminates any chance of this just being like a really weird mental episode yeah I'll, well okay with the camera other than the levitation i just want i just want to let know that the camera was able to pick that up and levitation up but then in the transference quarter of this movie the camera can't work for crap i <laughs> yeah um, Camera technology then, is very inconsistent in this movie. Even though it takes place in 2012, I, it wasn't that bad in 2012 or 2009. <laughs> then I got, she's stabilizing, dot, 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 but she has completely ruined these sheets. <laughs> and then, and then this, this is an honest question that I had in this movie, and I, I think it can be asked about every exorcism movie ever. Um, if it is answered in those movies cool but this movie does not answer this what's to keep a demon from re-entering a body after it's been exercised well it's the fact that the pastor is there and is keeping the demon away so the demon yeah but 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 what i mean is like three months down the road what's to keep this from happening again well here's the thing the devil inside actually answers that question via demon and spiritual transference no other film actually 
decided to well, act on what this. If, what if there's no transference? What if it? What if it just like? What if it like just goes back to hell and it just hangs out for like three months and it's like, you know what? I'm gonna go attack uh, Isabella again. Well, we don't know what kind of like personal journey it takes to go from a body back to hell and then oh well in your performance review uh you did this well and you did this well but you you could improve on this and i mean we could have a one-on-one uh tomorrow about how you can improve on this in your personal performance like that doesn't happen in hell in terms of movie language that's why (laughs) any any demon with experience any demon with experience in this feel free to no um Uh, I got alright the next one I got is oh my god a smoking priest and then did a locust come out of her nose yes There's that a, was very hold, where they, that was very very obvious to me when it had the shot above her face and the bug just comes out of her nose I was like oh that was kind of gross I I wasn't looking at the at the screen right at that moment I think my phone went off but I looked up and I thought I saw it like I like you know what I mean Oh no, I I get what you're saying in your perspective, but I was watching that moment and it was just a fixed shot from that fixed camera above her that was like permanently above her for the whole thing that we cut to a hundred times. But in this fixed moment, it happened to catch her and yes, a bug comes out of her nose and that was honestly kind of creepy. Yeah, and then I got, oh my God, her eyes are glowing too. And then followed by, wait, what did Ben do? And oh my God, she can fly. I, yeah, the she just starts flying around the room. Well, the exorcism scene for her really bothered me because so much of the scares were so reliant on just oh the camera isn't catching every moment of the action. I, ugh. it's feathering it, brother. I, like there was a couple uh, moments you... where she just it happened to catch her just going bah! and like okay cool you... but like that's not that scary did you the scene the scene where at the beginning of the exorcism she starts falling asleep and they have the the eye monitor on it she's asleep and the one priest turns around and starts talking to isabella you can see on the eye on the eye pupil monitor that her eye opens back up and she's awake but even before then, I was like, why on earth would you turn your back on someone you think is possessed by the devil or at least severely mentally ill? Yeah, that's kind of a big issue. Like, uh, logically, that's – yeah, why would you ever take an eye off her? Yeah. Um, do, you, do you remember the greatest line in the entire movie? What is your pick for the greatest line in the movie? I can't wait. I'll use your tongue to skull F that baby killer over there. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the fact that we both, <clears throat> sorry, I'm trying, I'm trying not to use my high pitched voice. The fact that we both texted each other that exact line while we were watching it. That is hands down our favorite moment of this movie. When she just goes, I'm going to, I'm going to tongue F your <laughs> baby killer over there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so so during the exorcism uh this is when the first transference happens and it goes in and i can't remember the name of the pastor but it goes in the one with the short haircut and so 
Uh, my next text is, dude, when she comes out and says that they won't release her, she's approaching a group of nuns on the same bridge as the white-eyed nun. They seriously used a shot from that scene earlier in the movie and just cut it from the end. Followed by, dude, the images on the laptops are so clearly fake. And then, ha 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 the baptism. Dude, I'm not going to – I said it already. I think the baptism – with as with as much uh, crap as the very ending of this movie gets, I think the the baptism scene dodged major bullets. Dude, because I that scene frankly is lucky that the ending of this movie is so bad. It's the only thing people remember about it. I well well first off, I also told you. Oh crap! There was a baby drowning. I forgot that happened. But no, I'm not giving you. I remember the first. I remember the first time I ever saw this movie, when he comes out and he's acting weird, and then they go, uh, "What?" I don't remember the camera's guy name. I think it's Michael. When Michael goes, "Hey, uh, you're supposed to take me with you," and he goes, "For uh, oh really?" He's like, "Yeah, you're supposed to take me to the baptism. I'm gonna film it." And he goes, "All right, well come on." I was watching it with my friend Justin. And I think he said that him and his friend, like him and a couple other guys, watched it a couple of nights before I got to ISU. And I just went, "Oh my God, he's gonna drown that baby, isn't he?" And he just goes, "How do you just know these things?" Oh, a prelude to the show. Um, <laughs> I. Anakin Skywalker watched this scene and was like, "Yes." <laughs> Dude, I again, I texted you and forgot that happened, but. If the cinematography was not like, again, the cinematography. God, that scene is so. That scene is actually really funny just because of the face he makes. Quote: He looks like he's having diarrhea. No, I, I think if the camera wasn't doing what it did, the scene would have worked better. Just because it is shocking that like, this. His name is Pastor David, by the way. I think that because David was a guiding light throughout this film, just like uh, alongside with the other pastor, to then be the first one to really show signs of the demon by drowning this baby, all you needed was better cinematography than some some soccer mom's camera in the back of uh, the Fellowship Hall while he's drowning this baby, shaking like crazy, the scene could have worked a little better. That's my opinion, though. I yeah. just it it doesn't work. I don't find it as funny it's, as you did, but it's it's. Oh my god, dude, his stare is so hilarious. But it could, and especially the fact that when they rush the stage, his stare doesn't break, and he's just like, I'm gonna constantly be staring into the soul of the camera lens. That's the Kubrick glare. He is looking to the cameraman like, I'm coming for you next. He was trying to emulate the Kubrick glare, but it just, well, uh, clearly with you, it came off as hilariously stupid. And to me. I can see what he was trying to do. It's just, oh, you tried. Oh, better luck next time. Like, <laughs> um, so then, so then, uh, this is when I, th- when like the idea of what if the multiple demons get transferred into the people rather than it's just one demon hopping around people. Uh, why on earth is she mad at Michael, and why does she throw out that his mom had sex with his dad's best friend? to egg him on 
to 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 well, to acknowledge that, that the fact like that a major plot point being thrown out there to be developed and the reason the reason i think it'd be interesting is what if that's the start of the demon getting in her like they each have their own demon and that that is the moment that like her demon awakens well i mean there's so there's, there's a there's he's drowning a baby she's she's talking about michael's mom uh getting uh plowed by some other guy ben did something and then michael crashes the car and kills everybody what if those were each separate demons it's not a bad idea that actually honestly would be kind of cool i had it no honestly that'd be kind of cool if it was really not just one devil let's say it's not just satan but necessarily it's all different kinds of demons working on like behalf of satan that's not a bad idea honestly i kind of wish it was that idea versus just i not that it's a bad idea though i don't want to completely poo-poo this film for the last half hour again honestly the last half hour of this film has a cool idea that it just has no idea like it's so overwhelmed with like oh my god Satan has the power to send her to the hospital, to have this guy shoot himself in the mouth, to have this guy kill everybody in a car wreck because it doesn't want to be found forever they're driving to. Like, that is honestly yeah. a really cool idea. But it's just like, uh, 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 let's just say we're ending on page 70 of the script. But, okay, so, well, what's the rest of the script? Now nah, we're just done on page 70. Uh, what? Seriously? Like... <laughs> so after Michael and the priest come back from the uh, attempted baby murder, and he's like, dude, he tried drowning that baby. And they're like, what? And they're like, they called the cops, and he just left and came back here. When she go, I love the line where she goes, he's been under a lot of stress lately. And I was like, yeah, that totally justifies the attempted drowning of a baby in public. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, then, <laughs> that was laughably casual. And yeah. as, as she says that line... He kills power to the entire apartment, and they're like, "All right, we got to go upstairs into, into the room that's like our our uh, uh, exorcism oh, wait, headquarters you, thing." You, and they're like, you, "They're like, bring the camera. We need the light." Well, so they put the camera in the back. Hold on, you like, you if you need the camera specifically for the light, why do you have him bringing up the rear? You you casually just skipped over to the fact that like right before this confrontation up the stairs. Uh, she confronts David while he's just eating a sandwich in the kitchen with no lights. She turns the lights on and goes, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm eating or whatever he says. And then the lights go off again. I don't think he says anything. Like she goes, yeah, she goes over to him. And it's just like, what are you doing? And, or maybe he says something along the lines of like, I want to eat or like, I like eating in the dark. And then the lights go off and he just continues eating the sandwich in the dark. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, he, tur- he turns the lights off. But anyway, Oh yeah, yeah that's so, right. He so does. They yeah. Go up in the thing, they go up in the thing and he's like, cut his, he's cut his arms. Uh, and it kind of looks like the way that the mom cut her arms, uh, where it's crosses going up her arm. Connect the cuts. But he's, he's cut Connect them, the and cuts. They're, they're like arguing with each. Connect the cuts. I remember, dude, I remember the trailer for this movie being really good and getting me excited about it. And that, like, jumping around all the speakers, her going, 
going like that and it hopping around the surround sound speakers was actually it gave me goosebumps but that didn't mean um, anything to but the plot I, but um so when um they go up the stairs when they go up the stairs and they they confront him about it they start arguing with each other and then they just lose him and i was like how did you lose him you were looking right at him and then the cops come in and the, one of the cops goes upstairs and the door closes and there's yelling and shouting and shoving and he comes downstairs and he's like pistola pistola and i was like oh yeah satan is much more dangerous with a gun then then <laughs> uh david starts like crying and has a gun and he puts it in his mouth and they're trying to convince him not to commit suicide and they're saying hey break through you're stronger than him and one of the weirdest themes in the movie is the demon is constantly saying to ben he says to tell you thank you and then he shoots himself in the it shoots himself and he dies but the interesting thing is and i i sent this to you i was like oh dude the gun wasn't in his mouth when he shot he may have missed his spinal cord and actually survived and then no he died uh, i texted you as as and then it like the demon jumps from him into the into the woman and they take her to the hospital because she starts acting really strange and during the scene where they're driving to the hospital i texted you oh my god the camera guy looks like ryan from the office and then the last note i texted you was this movie has eight trivia facts on imdb basically all of them are worthless except one says this wasn't screened for critics well i have some trivia the fact that hold on this movie was shot for one million dollars and made a hundred and one million dollars globally that's worth note the fact that they actually shot this movie in italy and that's amazing uh paramount bought this movie under a laughably uh uh not insufficient but like a laughably failed production title insurgent with the paramount mountain behind it that only made 10 total movies and then just disappeared from the face of the earth i this by the way was the only movie i saw under this and out of all 10 titles yeah i saw that company logo too and i was like wait is this paramount yeah the only other movie that i even heard about under insurgent was uh the justin bieber documentary um oh i whatever it's just never say never yes never say never uh th this and that were the only two movies i ever heard of to ever come out under this uh insurgent paramount title uh which they only bought this movie because they wanted par uh, paranormal activity money because we were only five years after that movie so <laughs> catch the train late but uh but yeah, no, paramount activity. But yeah, none of the, none of the rest of the trivia I agree was that interesting. But uh, yeah, just oh god, the actual ending of this movie, dude. You squander such a cool idea of expounding upon the exorcism genre by having demonic transference, and it's. It's really at a peak moment where you're trying to save the host, the face of your documentary, and then she's possessed. After you just saw a guy shoot himself in the mouth, and then she's about to take over the whole car, and then 
No, the demon just kills himself. Like, I get it. Yeah. But I get what the dramatic effect of this moment is trying to be, where the demon is just like, these guys know too much. I have to kill them. Okay, well, demon, you didn't give us any kind of idea that, like, you're conscious enough of the demonic transference that, like, you have a bigger plan. Like, okay, these guys know too much. I have to get rid of them and then go to somebody else. Or the filmmakers don't have an idea of just, like, anything else to do with this. Like, maybe he possesses somebody that comes to the crime scene. Or just just David chased this film and, like, The Sopranos just cut to black and then do nothing. Or even just... They died at this age. They died at this age. They died at that age. Like, literally any other way that they could have done this ending would have been better than the rest of this plot can be figured out at this website that we're going to stop paying for the domain for after five years. Like, ugh, man, I, uh, the last half hour of this movie was really, really good until then. Like, do you agree well, it's it's funny because the beginning of the movie, like you were talking about being boring, it feels like they very much kind of like spent too much time on the development at the beginning of the movie. And then once they were like, okay, we got to start wrapping this up, they went 100 miles an hour. And then once they got to like, all right, you got to truly finish this and get it completely wrapped up, they didn't know what to do, so they just stopped. It's a, it's a really weird thing about not knowing how to manage your time because you goof around too much, then you then you get too serious and move too fast, and then you're just like, oh, we're out of time, stop it. Like, it's e- what? Why stop it? It's even funnier that you say this because before the credits, this movie's literally like 81 minutes long. Yeah. I, ugh, I completely agree. I just, ugh. This movie has promise and has an interesting kernel of an idea, but the acting is terrible. The cinematography is bad. The editing just is all over the place. The ending – I can't say it again. The ending is absolutely just up there as one of the worst film endings of all time. I – I don't have any kind of merit I could give this movie uh, outside of the fact that somehow they had passports to get into Italy. Even still, it's a cookie on our scale. I'm sorry. I, this movie is so bad I can't give this a movie. Yeah, it's a, a cookie. It's, it's, it, is, it is possibly the worst time machine we've ever seen. Oh, I'm – okay. For me, I mean I'm not trying to be – a rude headbutter in here out of arguably the three worst films that we've seen for the time machine, two of which have been very recent, if not back to back. I talk about clockwork and easy rider. Weren't that recent? Oh, 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 shut up. No, uh, (laughs) (laughs) no out of as above. So below the last airbender in this, I still say as above. So below is worse. This is only slightly worse than The Last Airbender, but 
between those three films, for me, they're the worst time machines that we've watched. So we've been on a real Dude. kicker this month in 2020 that two of the worst films that we've seen this year are back to back, in my opinion. One one of the craziest kind of telltales for me of like how bad the movie is, there are zero special features on the Blu-ray. I okay, listeners. There's you... no deleted scenes. There's no blooper reel. There is not even an option to rewatch the trailers. Uh, <laughs> there's no commentary. Yeah, the di- nothing. The di- no interviews. No featurettes. The director doesn't even have enough integrity to give a commentary. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can you give a commentary on the movie? Sure. Just resounding silence. Dude, Oliver Stone. Gives a commentary on every single one of his movies, even the bad movies, like Wall Street 2 or Savages. He has a commentary on those movies, and this director is just like, yeah. nah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who would you cast Nick Cage to be? Oh, um, I either want him to be the pastor that shoots himself in the mouth, or... Um, the pastor who ended up being an actor in Westworld, uh, the other pastor. Um, I, by the way, I didn't throw that out there. I spent so much of this movie trying to remember who that pastor was, the skinnier pastor, for lack of better words. He is yeah. an executive of uh, supervising the actual park of Westworld for the first two seasons. Um so mm. if anybody finds that interesting, I'm just throwing it out there. But honestly, uh, either of the pastors, that's fine with me for Nick Cage. I can't think of a better role for him to either be the pastor that shoots himself in the mouth or the pastor that ends up killing everybody in the car wreck. The mom. <laughs> you just want to see Nick Cage in a wig and a wedding, uh, or in a hospital gown. Hi. Killed them three, three people. Am I getting through to you, dispatch? <laughs> connect the gods, connect the dots, connect the dots, connect the dots. Connect the gods, connect the gods, connect the gods. Why couldn't you just connect the gods? <laughs> Dude, him is the guy with the gun that's like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't beat him. Yes, you can. The Lord's Prayer. He says to say thank you. The Lord is my savior. Uh, boom. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm out on this movie. It's it's far less enjoyable than I remember it. Oh, a hundred percent. This movie, I uh This was a chore to sit through, even though it was eighty minutes long. Cookie for me. I that's all I gotta say. Can we get in the time machine and go back to twenty twenty? Yes, very much so. All right. Well, we're going to take a very brief break, and we'll be right back to let you know what we got going on next week. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. That is all we got for you this week. Uh, Thank you so much to Isla Marf and Fugay for the bumper music in between each segment. Sorry, I had my microphone muted because I was farting. Fugue. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's my favorite fugue we've had so far. (laughs) 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 Well, since we're laughing, um, let's go ahead and uh, remind the viewers that um, uh, that we're actually not... Society was paused. (laughs) Yeah, um, (laughs) we're, uh, like we were talking about in Brownie Bites earlier in the show... um, this is our the last episode of the show for now that includes us going to the theaters. So um, for uh, the time being, um, we have no idea on a time frame, but um, for the next couple of weeks at least, uh, we are only going to be doing movies uh, streaming in our DVD books uh, or at the Redbox. Um, it's basically just going to be a time machine show for uh, the time being, so... Um, with that said, uh, we've re-looked at our, uh, our time machine list. I've been scrolling through what's available at Redbox. Um, uh, we've been going through Just Watch in general just to remind ourselves, like, what's been, uh, a streaming exclusive, like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime, if you're willing to let me, uh, help you sign up for an account. Uh, don't share passwords, people. Um, <laughs> but, uh... But yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be very very different uh for the show um for again the next couple weeks uh, but that said, I don't really think it's gonna be that weird for me. I mean, I just typically avoid people anyway. I <laughs> I I would if I could, but um my my job involves a lot of people, but uh, <laughs> to which we haven't closed our doors yet, so I will be taking extra precaution to make sure I don't get sick. Uh, but uh, that said. Uh, we have two time machine films, uh, obviously that we're going to be watching next week. Um, and no, this is not a re-recording of our outro that we already recorded because of what happened. This Literally, is for sure, not the not the second take. Yeah, because three days after the first take. Yeah, no, we didn't already record this on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> and for record and re-recording this on Friday. Um, but yeah. yeah. We, uh, next week, uh, it was going to be only my pick, and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and keep my pick, uh, in the chamber for us. We are going to watch Darren Aronofsky's 2017 controversial film, Mother! Uh, I figured it was appropriate to, uh, follow up the most controversial film of 2019-2020 with, uh, the most controversial film of 2017. Uh, it stars... Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, it is, again, the Darren Aronofsky film, Mother! So, yes, you have to shout the title uh, every time you say it because it's got an exclamation point at the end of it. Uh, but we obviously aren't just going to be talking about one film. Nick, what are you going to be audibling in for your time machine pick? For my time machine pick, we're going to get to the chopper and find out that if it bleeds, we can kill it in Predator. Yes, we're going to be watching the classic 1980s film Predator, starring, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, among among everybody else that it has in its cast. Um, And I don't remember the director's name offhand. I'm sorry, but uh, but yeah. Shitty, shitty gun kill, man. Yes, we're watching the original Predator along with, uh, like I already said, uh, Mother! Uh, uh, just And I just want to give a PSA before we talk about social media. Um, 
Predator, I mean, Predator alone is a very violent movie, but um, if you are of uh, a weak stomach and kind of faint of heart and uh, let's just say like Nick's fiance Kelsey, uh, <laughs> who gets very anxious at movies very easily, maybe just listen to us talk about Mother. Um, I just uh, – <laughs> I, I've, yes, full disclosure, I mainly picked this movie because I want to hear Nick's reaction to it, more or less, like, why Nick wants me to rewatch Predator. Uh, I would just be remiss if I let the listeners, all of you, hear this without saying that Mother is not an easy watch. So, um, <laughs> just take that into consideration before starting it. Uh, maybe just listen to us talk about it. Um, if you, uh,. Kind of have a trouble, kind of have trouble watching very disturbing violence and uh, pretty intense uh, scenes of drama. So, uh, but yeah, with that said, uh, Nick, let the listeners know where they can reach out to us on social media. Facebook, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema. Instagram, Brownie underscore points underscore guide. Twitter, Brownie Points underscore, or Brownie underscore cinema. And uh, Gmail, Brownie points guide to cinema at gmail.com uh, uh, profile pictures for all three of the or all of those are going to be the bowl of popcorn with a brownie in it send us uh, content ideas since we're kind of going to be just not super double stuffed fudge episodes for a while uh, countdowns you want us to do uh, topics you want us to discuss movies you want to make sure we review trailers you want to make sure we review maybe not movies you want us to make sure we go see for a bit but uh we really want to hear from you guys just because we're gonna uh be kind of stuck for a while so give us stuff you want us to talk about and we'll talk about it yep absolutely guys and whether you are a first-time listener or a casual listener uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Anchor.com. Uh, whether you've been with us from the beginning or just now joining us, uh, you are going to be with us for a very interesting time in this show. Um, we appreciate you, um, whether you've been with us uh, since the beginning or, like I said, just now joining us. Uh, we need each other just as as human beings now more than ever so let's uh let's just all join hands together and go into this unknown world uh just having a good time talking about movies uh so what is that kumbaya crap (laughs) so um with that uh like we said next week we again are not going to the theaters and will not be for the time being however long that lasts uh so we will be watching darren aronofsky's mother and predator we will see you next week for those hey do you think we should watch uh cabin fever Should we go ahead and throw up the spoiler uh, section flag for now? Um, it's not passion. I'm vomiting. <laughs> All right. Well, you we're... said throw up. <laughs> <laughs>
that's uh, that okay and I, and, I, honest, I, and honestly in the world we're in right now probably not a good idea to just throw out that phrase willy-nilly 